0: Hello and welcome to Capital Cast. I'm Jerry Nowicki, and today we're speaking with State Treasurer Michael Frerichs. It's one of two interviews we've conducted with State Treasurer candidates, marking the first installment of candidate interviews we will be sharing in the final stretch before Election Day on November 8th. You can find an interview with his challenger, State Representative Tom Demmer, at the same place you're listening to this podcast. So we've had Treasurer Frerichs on this podcast previously explaining his office, which is the state's chief investment officer, and he doesn't have authority to write checks. That lies with the state comptroller. Frerichs has been Illinois' treasurer since 2014. The Gifford native won the statewide office by about 10,000 votes in his first election year in 2014, then cruised to his second term by about 18 percentage points in 2018, Shortly, you'll hear Frerichs make his pitch, which includes touting $1.2 billion in investment gains made during his eight years in office. He's the only treasurer that topped the $1 billion mark other than Republican Judy Bartopinka, who held the position for 12 years. In our discussion, we'll talk about the Bright Start 529 College Savings Plan run through the state, Frerichs' role as the only statewide elected state official who is not from the Chicagoland area, and some of the claims made by his Republican opponent. Without further ado, here is Treasurer Frericks. First of all, welcome to Capital Cast. Thank you for being here. Um, a while back, you were on here and we talked about what it is that the treasurer does. Uh, would you like to just refresh our listeners' memory on that?
1: Yeah. I love to tell people I have the best least understood job in state government. We're the chief investment officer for the state of Illinois. We invest uh, about $26 billion in state funds, somewhere around $15 billion in pooled municipal assets. And we also help families save through 529 college savings accounts, approaching $17 billion. So I like to say that we make money for the state and we give people the tools they need to invest in themselves. Whether that be their college savings programs, uh, through our new program we set up to help people with retirement savings, or another new program to help people with disabilities have a brighter future. And then, one of the bigger things in the office that many people experience is we are a consumer advocate, fighting every day to get money from financial institutions, banks, large corporations, insurance companies that they're holding on to, but that belong to our citizens. We want to get that money back into their hands.
0: So what have you done with this? This will be your your third term. So what have you done in the first two uh, that has warranted you getting another one from the voters?
1: Well, in terms of our investments, we've earned a record setting $1.2 billion in the state's portfolio. We increased our weighted average maturity. So people understand the longer the weighted average maturity, the greater the investment returns. We've continued investments in Israel bonds. We convinced the General Assembly to expand our investment opportunities to help units of local government. In terms of our unclaimed property, we've returned a record-shattering $1.5 billion. We took an antiquated, paper-driven process and made it electronic. We eliminated paperwork to make it easier to claim money, and we instituted automatic claims payments without the need to even file a claim. Some of our other investments, our Illinois funds portfolio is triple A rated better than the state of Illinois. With our college savings, we inherited a broken 529 bright start program and took it from worst to first. We did that by firing our outside manager. We hired a new one, slashed fees and required to offer better savings options. As a result, we've saved Illinois families over a hundred million dollars in fees. We have been gold-rated for five years in a row by independent analyst Morningstar. And the result is dramatic increase in savers and amounts. Funded plans grew from 387,000, valued at about $7 billion, to 824,000, valued at over $16 billion. So those are some of the things we have done, some of the things we want to expand upon in another four years.
0: So, you had mentioned the Bright Start 529, um, many Illinoisans may be noticing negative returns over the past year and what, what do you have to say to people invested in that? And, and, and I guess what's the role? I know it's an outside manager, but is there a point of concern in that area? Yeah.
1: We have an outside manager doing this, but our funds over the years have outperformed the market. They are good funds and that's why independent analysts, Morningstar, has given us their highest rating, a gold rating five years in a row. There are only two other programs in the country that achieve that rating. We've worked very hard to reduce fees. We also make sure that as children get closer to graduation, we have options to take them out of equities and more into safer bonds. So when you're younger, you have more tolerance for risk as you get closer to your high school graduation. We try to encourage families to reduce that risk. But there's always risk in investments and we encourage families to measure their own tolerance for risk when they make investments.
0: Another thing you had mentioned was increased Israel bonds. What is is an Israel bond and what does that mean for Illinois?
1: Israel bonds are issued by the state of Israel. We wanna make sure that our portfolio is diverse. It meets that requirement. We want to make sure that our investments are secure. Israel has never defaulted in nearly 60 years of issuing these bonds. We want to make sure that we get a good return. We get a better return with Israel bonds than we do with other treasury notes or other investment options out there. So we're proud to support the only democracy in the Middle East, but we do that because it is secure. There's a good return and diversifies our portfolio.
0: Okay. So you come from the general assembly, obviously, um, how have you worked with them to implement changes in the uh, treasurer's office? And is there anything you're going to work with them on in your third term? Should you be given one?
1: Yeah, we've worked with the general assembly to change our investment options, convince them that there are investment options out there that don't carry significantly more risk, but can get us a greater return. That's how we've been able to realize over $1.2 billion in interest income for the state of Illinois. We've gone to the General Assembly and worked in a bipartisan manner to make it easier for people to claim their own money. We've worked with the General Assembly to improve our college savings programs, our retirement savings program, and our program to help people with disabilities. We've also gone to the General Assembly when we fought Wall Street and special interests. We sued life insurance companies to make them pay death benefits when they knew or should have known that their customer had passed away. We've returned nearly $60 million to grieving families, widows, and orphans as a result of that legislation. We audit insurance companies to force them to tell us who they have not paid so that we can find them and make sure their wishes are honored.
0: Okay, so uh, your opponent, Representative Demmer, has sponsored a bill in the General Assembly looking to merge the comptroller office into the treasurer's office. Um, is, is, is that something, well, it'd be a constitutional amendment, so is that something you'd encourage the voters to vote for? If it gets to that point, it's a long way away. It needs three-fifths approval in the General Assembly. But also, why put the comptroller in your office rather than vice versa. I guess that's a question for Leader Demmer. but.
1: I'm glad to see that uh, Representative Demmer has finally come to my position on this. Uh, not only do I support this, I have supported this. Back when I was in the state Senate in tw- 2011, I voted to give the voters this chance to merge the two offices. We passed that out of the Senate. I support it when I ran for treasurer, when I ran for reelection, and I still do. I think we can find savings by merging the offices, Um, I ALSO THINK THAT THE OFFICE OF TREASURER HAS PREDATED THE FORMATION OF THE STATE OF ILLINOIS. IT'S AN OFFICE THAT PEOPLE UNDERSTAND, IT'S A TITLE THEY KNOW. Um, SO IF THE VOTERS HAD AN OPPORTUNITY, THE GENERAL ASSEMBLY PUT THIS ON THE BALLOT, I WOULD CONTINUE TO BE SUPPORTIVE.
0: AND HOW WOULD YOU IMPLEMENT IT? HOW WOULD IT SAVE TAXPAYER MONEY uh, SHOULD IT HAPPEN?
1: I think if you merge the two offices, you could definitely find immediate savings and redundancies. You wouldn't need to have two chiefs of staff, two general counsels, you wouldn't have to have two different communications departments. There are lots of savings that you could immediately have. But the two offices are in the Illinois Constitution. It would require a constitutional amendment, and that would require the General Assembly putting on the ballot and the voters voting for that. But if that's what the voters wanted, we would work to find the maximum amount of savings and merging these two
0: offices. Okay, so um, going back to Representative Demmer, uh, one of his uh, things he keeps repeating on the campaign trail is your remarks regarding the graduated income tax and that uh, it might warrant a conversation on uh, taxing higher levels of retirement income. I know you get this question pretty much every time you're interviewed. What what were you thinking when you said that? Uh, is a retirement tax a good idea? And what role does the treasurer play in that?
1: Well, I have been very clear, and my opponent knows this, that I didn't support a retirement tax. I don't support a retirement tax, and I will not support a tax on retirement. He's heard this, but he continues to repeat this lie because his record is problematic. You know, if you tied yourself so closely with Darren Bailey on uh, pro choice issues, You know, he would uh, criminalize abortions for victims of rape and incest. He would criminalize women and doctors. He would make it so that in vitro fertilization wouldn't be legal out there. If you took those extreme positions, you would want to distract from those as well. That's why I think he keeps coming back to his big lie. He's someone who's grown up in politics under Donald Trump and realizes if you repeat a lie, often enough, eventually some people will believe it, but that doesn't make it true. Facts are stubborn things. I've opposed a retirement tax. I've never supported a retirement tax, nor will I in the future.
0: So what was the exact nature of the 2019 comment? So
1: I think it was in 2020, I was having a debate with Todd Meiss from the Illinois Chamber of Commerce and Todd has been an opponent Of elected officials' uh, pensions, and quite frankly, the reason we don't support a retirement tax is not to protect those elected officials, but to protect those teachers, those firefighters, those police officers who have worked and are living off of a not-so-generous pension. So, just pointed out to Todd his hypocrisy here that he wanted to tax attack those pensions, want tax those pensions. Uh, I'm opposed to that, but that if he really wanted to, he should support a graduated tax.
0: Got it. So um, I don't wanna continue to stay on the opponent, but uh, Representative Demer says he's challenged you to debates. Is there a plan to debate? Have you received his requests?
1: I have debated every opponent I've ever had. There are plans to debate uh, Representative Demer, but I think he realizes even in Republican polls, that he is polling far behind. This is a stunt. It's a stunt to attempt to get some free publicity. We will debate. We are open to talking about this, but we're not going to do it on his terms. No candidate for statewide offices organize their own debates. They come from media outlets. They come from other organizations, independent organizations that invite both candidates. And when real organizations, when real media outlets invite me, I respond in the affirmative. When my opponent puts forward a stunt, I don't participate in that. And you can tell this is a stunt because there's also a candidate for treasurer running on the Libertarian Party. If he really believed in exchange of ideas, you should ask Representative Demmer, why didn't he invite the Libertarian? Why didn't he invite the write-in candidate? And the answer is, this is just a stunt from a desperate candidate.
0: So in the race, you have a, a major fundraising lead. How does that make your effort for reelection easier? Is it just a uh, blessing of incumbency that, that those, uh, you're able to raise funds easier? Or why, why do you think, how is it, why is it easier? Why do you have that lead?
1: I think it's easier because we have success in this office. People around the state, organizations around the state have seen how we've raised more than a billion dollars for the state of Illinois. A billion dollars that didn't have to be raised in taxes or a billion dollars in cuts that didn't have to be made to things like our schools, our roads and bridges. They see how we've turned around a failed college savings program, made it one of the best in the country. We've set up new programs to help people have a retirement with dignity, to help family members give their child with disability a better future. They see how we've stood up to the life insurance industry and other large corporations to return more money, records, amounts of money to Illinois citizens. And I think that's why I have a lot of support.
0: Okay. And um, there was a recent uh, report from the Auditor General uh, that found the clearing account deposits and deposits in transit, as well as the agency's deposit outside the state treasury accounts were each understated by 1.6 billion. What does that mean? Okay,
1: Jerry, let me explain. My opponent falsely claims that a routine bookkeeping entry as waste, when in fact our office did not make the entry. In fact, our office caught the duplicate entry before it was published. If you read the entire finding, you'll see that it's our office that caught it, our office that fixed it, and it was never published. Once, once again, When you are extreme on a lot of other issues, you try to distract from that. You know, my opponent supports Darren Bailey even after Bailey makes vile comparisons to the Holocaust. Even after Bailey pits regions of the state against each other by calling Chicago a hellhole. Even after Bailey tries to create a 51st state because he doesn't like Chicago's values. Demer also supports attorney general candidate Tom DeVore even after DeVore calls children with disabilities window lickers. How can you be trusted with our ABLE program, a program to help people with disabilities, which if you support candidates who mock those people? No, that's why I think he resorts to these obfuscations, these lies, these exaggerations, because he's ashamed of his own record and doesn't have plans for actually improving the office.
0: So does the the treasurer... Provide a check on the governor to some extent, um, or not the governor necessarily. But how does the treasurer? How is the treasurer involved with the legislative process? Um, at least in terms of visible statements, appearances at committees. Um, what's your visible role in that process? Yeah.
1: So he talks about transparency, but he ignores the fact that we created the vault. It's a transparency portal, so taxpayers can track the state's investments borrowing and other analysis. He once he said in a debate that he wants the treasurer's office to help other states college savings programs when doing so would jeopardize our ability to cut fees and make us ineligible to be considered among the best plans in the country. He ignores that our leadership and cooperation with 18 other states and the District of Columbia makes our ABLE program one of the largest consortiums in the nation. We do work with other states when it makes sense for Illinois taxpayers not just when it makes convenient election year talking point. So he says the office should be a check and balance between the governor and the General Assembly, but ignores the fact that we already do so. uh, Through examples such as co-signing bonding agreements to make infrastructure improvements possible. Guiding the General Assembly as it creates new programs such as the Secure Choice Retirement Savings Program, where we go in front of the General Assembly and work with them. And and, and I'll just add one thing, if he wants to talk about being a check and balance, when my opponent uh, went to the General Assembly to consider action that would needlessly cost taxpayer money, Tom Demer himself suggested the office be given police powers to investigate financial crimes throughout the state. We opposed this unbelievable expansion of government and the Attorney's General's Office and law enforcement groups agreed with us that this would recklessly duplicate services and spending. That's when we stand up, when we see reckless proposals that would cost the state money and expand government, like Representative Demer's bill.
0: So, obviously, all the um, uh, constitutional officers in Illinois are Democrats, but you're the only one not from the Chicago land surrounding areas, at least. So, how does that inform your perspective? And how did it come to be that someone from, were you initially from Gifford? Born and raised there. And then in Champagne, how did it come to be that you ascended to this level in the Democratic Party?
1: Uh, I was born and raised in the small town of Difford, Illinois. Uh, when I grew up, the sign said population 800. Uh, it's now just a little over 900. And my upbringing in that small town, where I grew up until I went off to college, informed my values and taught me common sense, taught me how to work with other people. And those are lessons we use every day in the treasurer's office. I now moved a few miles away from that small town, but still live in East Central Illinois uh, in Champaign with my daughter, where she's going to school today. And it's for people like her, kids out there. I wanna give her all the opportunities in the world. We want other children throughout the state of Illinois to have them as well. And so I think it's taking those small town values and common sense, applying it to government, make it work better for people. This is why I've been elected and reelected this office and hope to get another four years.
0: All right, anything else uh, for the listeners before we go?
1: I think we hit all the main points. Um, You know, he likes to repeat this uh, audit finding thing. We found that, and if you read the whole audit, you find it, He he found a finding with a large number because there was a double entry submitted by another office, but we found it corrected, it never ended up in any reports. He takes, he takes a remark that I made at, that I made two years ago out of context and to claim something that's just not true. And he knows better. But you know, when you support vile candidates, if you support candidates making reprehensible statements, you know, you will want to distract. You'll want to tell lies. You'll want to be on the offensive because he can't really defend his own record. A record of being 100% against choice. Criminalizing doctors, making illegal in cases of rape and incest, supporting policies that would actually limit families' ability to have children through in vitro fertilization, you know, opposes common sense ref- gun, gun reforms that will keep our children safe in our schools. I think that's why he continues to repeat these lies, because he's ashamed to talk about his own record.
0: All right. I appreciate your time, Treasurer. Right. Jerry, thank you very much. You have a great day. You too. That was Treasurer Michael Frarix. I'm Jerry Nowicki with Capital News Illinois, and this has been a special election edition of Capital Cast. Thank you for listening.